Hey, what's going on? Enjoy truly TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And we have with us a familiar face to the State of the Saints podcast. We have Rod Walker. Rod, what's going on? What's up, man? Good to be back on. Thanks for having me, as always. Yeah, man, appreciate the time. Uh, I know a lot of people in the Houdet Nation riding high this week after the Saints. I mean, domination of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, man. You know, you know, Rod, the last time you were on the show, man, we were talking a lot about, you know, Drew Brees and a lot of questions about uh, Drew Brees as the quarterback of this team. But since then, I mean, Drew Brees has elevated his game. And, you know, my question is to you, the first question is, how, uh, in your opinion, has Drew Brees looked over these last three games? And should he be in the MVP conversation at this point? Um, you know, that's funny. It was just last week, you know, I, I wrote a, a big story on Alvin Kamara should be in that conversation. You know, that's an award that has been pretty much reserved for quarterbacks the past few years. Um, right. Adrian Peterson was the last running back to win it. And right. I mean, you look, Alvin's pretty much carried this team, you know, the whole first half of the season. Yeah. But now all of a sudden, I mean, Drew Brees is starting to make his case and get in that race. I mean, he's been pretty special these past um, three weeks. I mean, you look at his numbers. I mean, they're pretty incredible. I don't have him in front of him, but I mean, he's been really um, solid after getting off to a sort of slow start. You know, he struggled, but you know, this is a team that's getting all their pieces back together now. And, and you're seeing, you're seeing, you're, you're seeing it. I mean, it's just, it's showing up on the field um, Sundays. I mean, what we saw Sunday night was just incredible, man, from start to finish. Yeah. I mean, it was just a domination. And, you know, I, 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 you talk about the stats, uh, Drew Brees, 17 touchdowns, only three interceptions. And in the last three games, he has, has a total of eight touchdowns, zero interceptions. And I know we can talk about, you know, Kamara um, being an MVP, but we all that they kind of, you know, pre- preserve their award for the for the quarterback for some apparent reason. But yeah, uh, yeah. Back, back to the game at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game. I mean, right? Total disrespect for the New Orleans Saints. I mean, total disrespect across the board. NFL Network, ESPN, Fox Sports One, everybody picking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers almost in a route of the New Orleans Saints. So, what is it about this team when it seems like their back is against the wall or there? Uh, they're uh, um, uh, underdog. What is it about this team that that helps them rise to the occasion and and prove the naysayers wrong? I think they just play with. Um, and it's sort of been the story of Drew Brees' whole career. He plays with a chip on his shoulder. He always feels like he has to prove people wrong because he's been doubted since his days in in high school. You know, yeah. um, and I just think, and I think that just carries on to this team. And they just they just play with a chip on their shoulder. They like to be. They like to be disrespected like that. I think I think it gives them something to go out and, and, and play for. And uh, and and they showed. I mean, the way they won, the fact that they won, I mean, that's not really a surprise. I mean, I wouldn't have been shocked if Tampa Bay had won, but just how convincing it was, man. I mean, it was just um, it was just crazy how that happened. You know, you, you, you mentioned earlier about Drew not throwing an interception. There was actually a play in the game when he almost threw an interception early in the game. And, yeah. you know, you almost have to wonder, like, would that have changed anything? I don't know, but yeah. um, they were really rolling. I mean, <laughs> from you know, they just just jumped on them and, and never let up. Yeah, yeah. I think you talk about that pass. I think Jason Pierre Paul. That's good, right? Right. right. Down, at, yeah, down at the goal right. line. I mean, it's, it happens sometimes. You know, I mean, it, sometimes you think that a guy throw interception, all drop, but like you said, that that could have been a momentum shift. But it's just the fact that the Saints just completely like dominated those guys. And the fact that the national media gave them no chance. And, and, and 
last question before we move on. What is it about the, the, the national media journalist? Why can't they just come out and say, you know what? I was wrong. You know, I made a mistake. You know, what is it about, you know, people not being able to admit their mistakes in, in the media? What, what's up with that, right? <laughs> you know, I think, um, and I've been doing predictions, like, I mean, even when I was covering high schools, we did predictions. It's kind of funny, like, when, when, whenever you're in the media and you get it wrong, everybody always wants to kind of jump on you, like, oh, they got it wrong. Then the media gets it right sometimes too. And nobody ever says, oh, they got it right. They got it right. So, I mean, right. I, I see both sides of it. And, uh, right. you know, they're, they're not going to apologize for getting it wrong. It's just their opinion. And right. to me, if you, based on what you had seen those first seven weeks of the season, based on how Tampa Bay had been playing, based on how the Saints had been playing, and based on that game being in Tampa, I mean, I, I can't really argue with someone who thought Tampa was going to win. I mean, it was, I guess the thing is, it's just everybody said it. And then for, for the Saints to just dominate like that, I mean, you definitely can look back on it and say, yeah, yeah, I told you so. But, I mean, you know, the, the, the Saints do get it. I mean, the media, they get it right sometimes too. So I'm, I'm going to defend the media a little bit on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I just feel like, okay, like I was being very critical of Drew Brees at the beginning of the season. You know, I, and I, I went back and I apologized. I was like, I was wrong, you know. But I just feel like it makes things worse, right, when – you know you're wrong, and then you just double down on, on, on being incorrect. You know, like come on, just, yeah, you know, yeah. Like just say you know I was wrong. Eat a little crow, and right, right, like, yeah. Oh, eat, yeah. You definitely eat some crow if you're wrong on it, especially right. that game. I mean, right. The way the things done, you gotta say, yeah, I missed it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's true. Uh, but let's talk about the defense. I mean, defense played outstanding. Uh, they, they only had like four rushing attempts to Tampa Bay Buccaneers for about nine yards. One. You know, uh, well, you add five if you count the nail down, but it was right. just total destruction. I mean, they would they got a rush on Tom Brady from the beginning of the game. Cam Jordan put his hand, you first know, play of the game, corner, first play of the game, yeah. disrupting the pass. I mean, secondary just looks outstanding. Uh, I mean, what happened? You know, what I'm saying? like, I mean, it was like really little, literally no mistakes by the defense. Uh, do you see that this could be a possible trend going forward? I think so, man. I think. And I I wrote this somewhere. I told somebody this on another show or something. But I think when this season is over, and assuming the Saints do what they're supposed to do and get to, get to the Super Bowl, I think I mean this is the week we'll look back on and say, hey, that Tampa Bay game was a turning point of this season. I mean they just finally got it all together. Uh, the biggest thing on the defense did in that game was they kept Tom Brady off the field. They were they were one of nine on third downs. I mean they couldn't they were just three and out, three and out, three and out. Yeah. And I mean that's a rest. I mean if you go three and out. I mean you. You're not gonna win, and the Saints made sure of that by just keeping Tom Brady out the field. And you know, it got to a point where I mean, you could see the frustration on his face, man. I mean, it was just yeah. like, man, I can't do anything. He, there was nothing he could do. You can't run the ball, you can't pass the ball. I mean, what are you gonna do? So yeah, it was just um, total domination. A good city secondary. Um, you know, that's been that was that was a weak link on this team. I mean, we've talked about it since all season long, and um, you know, they got it together. Um, you look at those guys up front, just. Stayed in Brady's face all day, which uh, makes it hard on him. And secondary came up with, with the, well, not the second, well, the defense came up with three interceptions, two by the right. secondary and one by uh, by Anyamata. So um, that's just uh, just impressive performance all the way around. Um, outside of that, Jared Cook fumble. Yeah, yeah. I have nothing. To, there's nothing you can complain about in that game. I mean, they just they did it, did it all. Yeah, I mean, I, I was reading um, something that somebody posted on Twitter. They said the Saints, like statistically, 
uh, put up one of the best performances. Uh, I think since the, the beginning of them, like, breaking down analytics, they said that was probably the best performance ever analytically. I was like, that's unbelievable. I mean, you're not going to see things like that again, right? I mean, four rushing right. attempts, you know, like, I mean, some of the things that they did, I mean, Tampa really, really didn't have an answer for them at all. You know, they but, did Yeah. But, I mean, you look at the New Orleans Saints defensively, uh, you know, they're flying high, and now they bring in Quan Alexander, a, a familiar foe to him. You know, like a guy that played for Tampa all those years, went to San Francisco, and the Saints got him via trade. What can Quan Alexander bring to this Saints defense? I think he's just a guy that, you know, and I can't remember who we were talking to yesterday. It may have been DeMario or Malcolm or somebody, and they were just talking about how, no, I think it may have been Emmanuel Sanders who actually played with him last year and just talk about it. First of all, they all talk about what kind of a great guy he'll be in the locker room. Like he's going to be, you know, they say he's going to fit in perfectly just with that, with that team. And obviously, you know, that that's always big when you have the good chemistry, but I mean, he's just another fast guy that can tell, you know, is a sure tackler and, you know, he kind of brings the wood when he tackles. So um, I think he'll fit in right. He'll fit in well, especially with, you know, beside a guy like DeMario. So um, just another, you know, big addition to this, to this unit, you know, linebackers, I mean, you got Alex Anzalone and, but I mean, we, we talk about DeMario, but that's kind of all we talk about on linebackers. So it's good for them to, uh, you know, bring a guy in like this who's going to be able to contribute right away, I would expect. You know, the big thing about him is just staying healthy. You know, he had, I think he's only played 16 games once in his career. You know, he's he's battled some injury issues, and uh, you, you want to see this guy stay healthy, especially for a linebacker unit that has had a lot of injuries over the past few yeah. years other than DeMario. Yeah. And Quan Alexander, I mean, that's, that's the that's the biggest question mark, you know, about him, you know, is can he stay healthy, you know, and be able to sustain a uh, clean bit of help uh, throughout the whole entire season. Uh, you know, the Saints gave up Kiko Alonso and uh, a draft pick for him. But I think that, you know, he adds an interesting dynamic, like you said. I mean, I, I remember, like, watching Tampa Bay Buccaneers games. I mean, he always flashed. Um, he came off the screen when he played against the Saints. Uh, it was always a battle of wish between he – and Drew Brees, so it's, it's good that the Saints actually got an opportunity to get him. Um, I think he'll be a good complimentary linebacker for uh, to Demario Davison, and hopefully they can you know get a little bit more pressure. And, to, right. speaking, of, and speaking of pressure, you know you got to talk about Trey Hendrickson. I mean, third in the league right now in sacks, a, a, a disruptor. You know, a guy with a high motor, and a guy that kind of flew under the radar this season. You know, right? Everybody was talking about. Oh, Jadavian Clowney, Jadavian Clowney. Like, why we didn't get Clowney? And, and people kind of, you know, overlooked Trey Hendrickson starting the season, but you can tell, like, he's proving a lot of people wrong. What is it about Trey Hendrickson that makes him so special? I think the first thing is, um, and anybody you ask about Trey, I was talking about the energy he plays with. I mean, he's like a really, he got, he gets after it, man. And uh, that's what you want to you wanna see. And uh, actually, it helps having a guy like Cam Jordan on the other side. Right. But uh, yeah, Trey's just playing. There was a sequence in that game where he had, Three sacks in a row. Uh, one of them got notified because of the, the holding penalty on um, on CJ Gardner Johnson. But yeah. I mean, he got to Tom Brady on three consecutive plays. I mean, you don't see that. And I, he just um, uh, I can't remember Smith's first name for Tampa, but I mean, he was just plowing past him on all on all three plays. It was just one on one, and you know, Trey talked the other day about just that's what they talk about all season is just winning those one on one battles. So uh, really big for him to be having this kind of season in. Um, and, you know, so this is the final year of his rookie deal. You know, he came in with that class with Kamara and and uh, Marshawn and mm-hmm. you know, Ramchek and those guys, Marcus Williams. And Trey's a guy that you don't really talk about in that class, but 
Yeah. He's really uh, stepped up this season and, you know, having seven and a half sacks, eight games this season is, is really impressive. Yeah. Uh, do you think the Saints can keep Trey Hendrickson? Uh, can he come back to the New Orleans Saints, in your opinion? Man, you know, we always <laughs> wonder about the Saints and how they're going to make this money work. And <laughs> they've always been able to do it. But, man, this year is going to be tough. This is going to be uh, – this will probably be the toughest, you know, toughest time they've had in recent years with, with I mean, the, those guys I just listed. Uh, it's a lot of good players that you, that you got to pay somehow. And, uh, and I, I mean, I know Trey likes being here, but you, you just never know, man. Yeah, I mean, you never know. I mean, but the, I mean, he just—he's just so good. And I mean, I kind of predict, predicted that at the beginning of the season. We talked about predictions. I said that he was going to be really good. I mean, you could tell. You could tell, right? Like, I mean, when he came into the game, even like when he was just in there for a little small spurts when when Davenport started, he would always flash off the screen or do something special or get pressure on the quarterback. Like, he, he reminds me. He could, he could be like a, a Ryan Kerrigan or like a Jared Allen type defensive end. Like, I feel like if he goes to, uh, you know, probably a, a, a fair share of these teams, I mean, he'll probably be the heart and soul of a defense. I mean, this guy just never quits, never gives up. And he, I mean, just continues to like to fight to try to get pressure on the quarterback. Uh, let's talk uh, about the secondary. The secondary, they look good, you know, this past game. You know, a lot of people in the Huda Nation, they were like, we need to get this guy, that guy. Uh, Rod, I'm even looking at the chat right now. My guy, Josh, uh, he's asking, should the Saints go out and maybe get an insurance policy like Earl Thomas? What do you think about that? Do you think the Saints need to possibly add another uh, piece to the secondary? Um, I mean, in a season like this with, you know, you think about COVID and just all the things that could go wrong and it never – to me, it never hurts to have <laughs> insurance. So, uh, right. yeah, I mean, it, w- it wouldn't hurt at all. But, I mean, you look at how they played. I mean, if these guys stay healthy, I mean, I feel pretty confident in, in what they can do, after, especially after saying Sunday night. If you had asked me that question right. two weeks ago, I'd be like, oh, yeah, definitely. But now I don't think it's a necessity. But, again, it would it can't hurt. But, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, right, like, because – this is the only thing that kind of scares me, okay? As well as Marshawn Lattimore played in that game, I mean, dominated Mike Evans like always, you know. I, I don't think in the last three contests Mike Evans has a catch on uh, Lattimore at all. I mean, you can you kind of just say, I mean, he has his number. But right. late in the fourth quarter, Lattimore went down. Now, it wasn't anything serious, I don't think, but it just puts that thought in the back of your mind, like, you know what, what happens if he does go down? You know, I mean, they were – I mean – you have the opportunity to play these cover zeros because you have man corners on both sides. But if he was to go down, like, I mean, what would the Saints do then? Yeah. So, and, you know, you say that and when the season first started, and I don't know if I was on this show or where I was, but mm-hmm. someone asked me about the Saints and who was the one player they couldn't afford to lose. Right. And to me, I think it's Marshawn. I just think if he goes yeah. down, it, yeah. it changes everything in that secondary. And, uh, um, and that was, I mean, I was talking about on the defensive side, I think Marshawn's the most important part of that puzzle. Yeah. Yeah, me too. You know, I just think that his ability to lock up the best corners, I mean, the best yeah, wide receivers. Is, I mean, he does he does much better against your, uh, wide receivers like the Julio's, like the Mike Evans. Right. He struggled a tad bit with those little scatty guys, you know, like the like the Hunter Renfro's and the, and the Scotty Millers. But if you put him on a, a, a top-notch elite uh, wide receiver, I mean, he's going to uh, you know, he's going to rise to the occasion. So, I mean, right. I, I, I really think that he's extremely important. 
Yeah. It's uh, hard to explain uh, why he's like that, man. I don't know why Marshawn is like that where he yeah. mm. I don't know if they need to put Mike Evans' name on the back of every jersey or something <laughs> that he plays against, but man, that's he gets up for him, but yeah. <laughs> he has his moments against those other guys, man. It just yeah. he just doesn't lock in. It doesn't seem like the same way. Yeah, I mean it just and that's the thing, it just it just frustrates you because he's so good. Right. And you know, he plays so well against Mike Evans, which I mean we understand. I mean, that game. That leading back to the rookie season, I mean, Mike, Mike Evans hit him over the middle in the back. I mean, that could, I mean, you can tell he take that extremely personal. But I mean, you just need that same energy, you know, every single game. And I, I feel like if he plays with the same type of energy as he does God and Mike Evans, like he will be arguably like top top two corner in, in the National Football League. So I, I, mean, that's I mean, that's just something to to think about. Uh, offensively, we talked earlier about Alvin Kamara uh, being the MVP. Uh, definitely the front runner, in my opinion, for Offensive Player of the Year. Uh, what is about Alvin Kamara this season? I mean, what, what's so different? I mean, always been dynamic. He's always been a good pass catching running back, but it's just something about this season. It seemed like he, he took it up a notch. Uh, yeah. I, I think the biggest thing for him is just being healthy, man. And he's talked about that. I mean, last year he was hurt more than we realized. And, um, you know, he tried to battle through it. And, you know, people were talking about all oh, his body language doesn't look good, but it wasn't his body language. It was his body. <laughs> you know, he just, <laughs> he was hurt. And um, he's back. He's healthy. Um, I think not having Mike Thomas those games, I mean, Drew had a guy he could really depend on in Alvin. And, you know, that yeah. that helped as well. And, and now that Mike's back, I mean, it's just going to really open things up for his offense. But, I mean, you look at Alvin, he's third in the league and, um, in receptions this year, I mean, obviously a bunch of just, you know, little swing passes and things like that, but right. um, he's been productive, man. I mean, you get the ball in his hand and he makes something happen. Every game he has a play and you're like, wow, he just, yeah. he just does it, man. Yeah. It, it, was one play, it was one play right in the game. I think he only got maybe like a yard. I think two free through a pass, but it was like one of the most exciting one-yard games I've ever seen in my entire life. He made like maybe two guys miss and – even for him to get back, you know, a little bit past the line of scrimmage. I mean, he's just so fun to watch. He is you know? fun to watch, man. And he's having fun. I mean, we can – even when we do our – you know, we do everything on Zoom now. We're not in the locker rooms this season because of COVID. But you can just tell that Alvin's enjoying himself, man. I mean, he talked – he's really just – he's like one of the – when it comes to, like, post-game interviews, he's the guy you, you want to talk to because he's just really um, – just kind of tells you like it is, and he, he's just having fun. It's, it's obvious he's having fun this year, and I guess being healthy and getting that contract, it will make things fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can you can tell, like even like when he when you interview him, I mean, he's so personable. It's like he, right, he's right. sitting down talking to like you know some of his homeboys at the crib or something, you right, know? Like, right. you know, and, yeah. and that's that's something about him. I mean, he is always he has always been like a realist, you know. I mean, yeah. ever since I mean he first got into the league, uh, he, he's basically been the same way uh, yeah that's what he is he's, just, he's a good dude man and you, you like him and you want to guys like that you want to see him do well and he, he's doing well yeah i mean and now you have michael thomas coming back and it makes the saints offense even more dynamic and Manuel is coming back after you know dealing with covid19 but let's start with mike michael thomas uh the, the question was asked about you know his suspension and some of the trade rumors uh, do you think that all of that stuff with Michael Thomas is behind him? And uh, do you feel like uh, it's going to uh, kind of keep on uh, perking up a tad bit? No, I, th- I think it's behind him. And I actually think Mike may have 
learned some stuff about himself during all that. I mean, I think it, I think it kind of you know kind of just opened his eyes and, and made him realize that you know it's it's a team thing and we just got to be in this together if we want to be successful. And uh, you know he he was asked about the incident with um, CJ. And, you know, he said just he said something about losing his temper. He, he sort of admitted that he lost his temper and he just so I think he realizes that you know you can't do that and he know what this team has and what they can be and he knows it's going to take all of them to do that. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I don't think there's too much to the other stuff. I think he likes being here. Um, he likes playing with Breeze. Obviously, we don't know how long Breeze is going to be here, but yeah. uh, I think Mike likes New Orleans. Yeah. I mean, and New Orleans likes him. You know, everybody right. loves Michael Thomas. It's been week, week after week since week one. People ask, you know, when is he coming back? When is he coming back? Because I mean, he he's so important to this to this offense. I mean, it looked it looked completely different uh, this past Sunday because you have to account for his greatness. You know, I mean, yeah. guys are guys are eating in that offense because Michael Thomas is out there because he demands a double team, he demands a, a, a constant attention. So him being on the field uh, really helps the, uh, this offense. And and also, you know, with Emmanuel Sanders, I mean, dealt with COVID nineteen, missed two games. He's back. He had a touchdown in this game. Uh, it seems like his chemistry with Drew Brees is really uh, starting to pick up. Uh, what do you think about Manny Sanders' performances uh, this season? I think he's done really well. And, um, you know, talking to Drew about him, you know, that's a guy that Drew has a lot of respect for him. And he, he talked about how he had respect for him even before he got here. He said that was a guy that he, you know, he watched him when he was in Pittsburgh. He watched him when he was in uh Denver. He watched him in San Francisco. He so he's he's seen him before. He knew he's a good player. He remembers Emmanuel from last year against the uh, you know when the Saints played the 49ers when Sanders had the big catch and Sanders also threw a touchdown. And so I mean he's a guy that's really uh, meant a lot to this team too. And you know Alvin was talking yesterday about how you know when you got Mike. I mean Mike helps Alvin. Alvin helps Mike. I mean it all just. I mean it's a defensive coordinator's nightmare. I mean you got to. Yeah. Imagine, I mean, we're not, we hadn't even talked about Jared Cook. I mean, who, yeah, you know, I mean, so I mean, they just have a lot of weapons on this team, and then you had all those other younger receivers who had to step up when Mike and Emmanuel weren't there, you know. So, we, yeah. I mean, we saw like Mark Marquez Callaway. So, those guys have got some experience that they probably wouldn't have got, yeah. you know, had Mike and um, Emmanuel uh, been out. So, I think all that's just gonna help this team down the road because there are gonna be some more injuries, injuries are gonna pop up, yeah. Um, COVID might pop up. You just don't know. So, I mean, I think just having all these guys um, being able to get some experience in in big games helps. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's true. You know, I think, uh, you know, Emmanuel Sanders, he's so underrated as as a route runner. You know, I think every team that he went to, there was always like this this larger figure that kind of stood out. I mean, when he was in Pittsburgh, you know, you had people like, you know, Antonio Brown. And, you know, and, you know, I think at that particular time, I think, uh, I don't know if Antonio Holmes was there or something like that, like towards the end of before he went to the Jets. I'm not sure. Right. And then you have the Denver Broncos. You have the Marius Thomas, you know, who was getting the majority of catches from Peyton Manning. But he has always been a guy that kind of been under the radar, um, very underappreciated by the National Football League. I would put him yeah. like in that that category, almost like a T.Y. Hilton or some of the uh, Keenan yeah. Allen type player, a guy that's really good been good for a while but people don't really just give them the attention that they they deserve right and the good thing about that though is emmanuel doesn't mind being that guy i mean you have a lot of receivers that you know they get tired of being the number two guy you know they want to be the man emmanuel is not built like that which is really good for him and he's just a 
And I talked about how great of a guy Alvin was, but Emmanuel's the same way, man. He's just right. really solid guy, and uh, you know, it'll probably be in the broadcast booth when his career ends because it's just yeah. kind, of, kind of guy he is. But yeah, so he doesn't. He's not getting caught up into all that, you know. Yeah. On the top, he doesn't care about being the man, and so I mean that that's why he's been so successful. Yeah, I mean, like I said, we we, we definitely appreciate uh, you know the Saints picking him up. I mean, he's been a great addition to the team. Uh, you mentioned a tight end, so we finally have an Adam Troutman signing. You know, <laughs> I mean, this guy, third round pick out of Dayton. You know, a lot of a lot of comparisons to some of the best tight ends in the league. Uh, we we saw some flashes. Uh, we seen a goal him in the red zone catching his first touchdown of his career. And we also seen that check that pass. Uh, you know, that was thrown to him. I mean, he brought he uh, ran for uh, a huge gain. So, uh, do you think uh, this could be uh, Adam Troutman's coming out party? Yeah, I think so, man. I mean, I think he needed a game like that. And, man, that game would have been everybody's coming out part of that. I mean, we <laughs> – Drew Brees, we bought 11, 11 different guys in that game, man. I mean, it's yeah. just incredible what how he was spreading around from the from the start. I mean, the right. first quarter he had thrown – I think it was eight different receivers in the first 10 minutes of the game. Mm-hmm. It was nine by the end of the first quarter, 11 by midway through the second quarter because that's when Troutman and uh, – I mean, that's when uh, Taysom caught a pass and Emmanuel caught a pass early in the second quarter. So, I mean, he was just spreading it around. But, yeah, I mean, I think Drew's the kind of guy, like, you know, once he sees he can count on you, I mean, he, you know, he's going to go to you. So, yeah, yeah that's that's just another weapon that defense have to worry about. And, you know, it's good to see a guy, you know, get his first touchdown in such a big game on a Sunday night when everybody's watching. So, you know, it's happy for him, and he's really excited about it as well. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you can tell – and. You know, it's just something about like you know when players you know get that first touchdown or, or, the, or the quarterback throws them the ball. I mean, you know me, you know playing football back in the day, I remember like catching a pass from a quarterback, and it's like it becomes addictive. You know, like I gotta, I gotta catch this pass again. I gotta get this right. touchdown. You know what I'm saying? Like it becomes addictive. So and and also you know just the fact that you know you get that touchdown, it, it builds up your confidence. And I just think, you know, I mean, I'm not even concerned about, you know, Jerry Cook. I mean, everybody has bad games. Right, right. Uh, but I just think if you take Jerry Cook and then Alan Troutman come on, I mean, this is going, this can be a very, very dangerous offense. And, and I mean, it's going to be fun to watch uh, going down the line. Uh, but, you know, J- Jerry Cook had, you know, a bad game. But one game he, he played really great last year versus the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, what, two catches, two touchdowns. You know, before he left the game with a concussion. Uh, but let's talk yeah. about the 49ers, okay? Uh, you all asked a question to Drew Brees uh, at, at the press conference, and he was talking about how some of those games were so meaningful. We know about the Week 8 game last year. Uh, we know about the divisional round game back in the day. Uh, games always, uh, the same version of 49ers always have, like, big stakes on the line. But, I mean, we have to be real here. The 49ers have had the Saints number over the past couple of years. So, what – can the Saints do? And I know they're decimated, but Kyle Shanahan is just as good as calling plays as Sean Payton is. And we've seen Sean Payton with some of the limited weapons that he have still do enough for the Saints uh, to get the victory. So uh, what do you expect from the New Orleans Saints versus the 49ers coming up this weekend? Well, I think the Saints are going to, first of all, they need to try to just pick up where they left off on um, Sunday. I mean, if they can just keep that momentum going and, and play like they did and spread the ball around and get everybody um, going, I think they'll be fine. Uh, I think this is a 49ers team. You can't let them get any momentum early because, I mean, yeah. you need to – Saints need to punch them in the mouth like they did the Buccaneers. And um, yeah. that's going to be a really big key because, like you said, I mean, they're they're going to – 
their offense, they're going to have some plays and they're going to be able to move the ball probably. So, you know, if the Saints can get them in trouble, I mean, they, you mentioned the injuries. I mean, they're they're pretty decimated um, yeah, pretty all much. over all over the field. Quarterback, uh, running back, um, they just you know Richard Sherman's out on defense. I mean, so they they have some issues, but I mean the Saints can't you can't just rely on what happened last week and think it's going to carry over. I mean, they got to come right. out and, and right. be ready to play because this is a this is a dangerous um, 49ers team, even though they're hurt. So yeah. um, the key is just going to be able to. You know, try to get them off the field like you did the Buccaneers, you know, a lot of three and outs and let Drew Brees and the offense do their thing. Yeah. Do you think this is a trap game? No, you know, I, <laughs> I used to kind of sort of think that, but I think in the NFL, man, I think guys are, man, they're, they're not like college guys. These NFL guys are a little more locked in and they, they usually know it's at stake. They don't, they're not going to the class and hearing out a student body telling them how great they are from the week before. So, yeah. I mean, they're focused and they know that even talk to the guys this week. I mean, they know that as well as they played against Tampa Bay, yeah. they still feel like they need to do, they feel like there's work to do and they feel like they need to get better. So I don't think they'll be complacent. I don't think they'll sleepwalk into this game or anything like that. I think they'll be focused and ready. And I think they want to continue to play like they played. And I, I think, you know, you look at how the Saints ended their last three seasons. I mean, they they know you can't take – you got to know at this point that yeah. you can't take anything for granted. I mean, you just can't. You got to – you can't take any game for granted. You can't take any plays for granted. And I, I expect to see that Sunday. I mean, if, if they don't come out with that mentality, I mean, I'd be disappointed. And it sort of takes away from what they did this past Sunday if they come out and lay an egg. I mean, you just don't want to see that after such a dominant performance. Yeah, I mean – Every, I mean, the stars are aligned right now, and they control their own destiny, right? I mean, number right. one seed right now. All you have to do is just, you know, continue to build off what you uh, did last week. Uh, like you said, I mean, <laughs> I, I use this. I mean, I use this term. I'm pretty sure you you heard this before. They smell like uh, smoke because they've been through the fire. I mean, this team has been battle tested. I mean, for the last three years, you know. So right. shame on you if you you can't rise to the occasion and understand what's what's in front of you. Right. Uh, Mariah, last question before you go. Uh, I want you to fill in this blank for me. The Saints, the Saints make the Super Bowl if. Ah, the Saints make the Super Bowl if. Um, it's a good question, man. Uh, let me think. <laughs> the, the easy answer would be if, if they play like they play Sunday night. But uh, um, I just think they got to stay – I think who needs to stay healthy. Uh, um, I, I think the Saints are. I think they're going to make the Super Bowl. Okay. Um, it's just going to be a matter of. I, I think I think Breeze has to stay healthy, um, and I, I think that's probably the key to it now. Yeah. And I wouldn't say it that. I wouldn't say it that seven <laughs> seven weeks ago. But I just think. Yeah, I'm I just saying. think. Yeah, that, that that's a yeah. I think that's my I think that's my answer. Yeah, what, what's your answer? I want to know what you what's your answer on that. Okay, if, <laughs> the Saints make the Super Bowl. I know yeah. you're supposed to ask the questions, but I'm flipping it around. Nah, 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 hey, that's your job too. You know? <laughs> nah, uh, the Saints the Saints make the Super Bowl if the the defense uh, is consistent. Uh, you know, like the defense has like I, I'm not concerned about the offense, right? Like I'm not. You know, Sean Payton does a really good job putting guys in positions to succeed offensively. 
it's going to be very hard to stop the Saints. But the defense is my main concern. You know, some of those big plays, uh, some of those uh, those times where they can be out of position. I just feel like if the defense buckles down, stays focused, then I think the sky's the limit for the New Orleans Saints. You know, yeah. as long as long as they stay consistent and and they stay healthy, I think that the Saints are going to make the Super Bowl. No doubt about yeah. that. It's, I, yeah, going back to that consistency thing, I think that's the thing. I mean, we, you know, we're coming off of this game against. We're talking about this game against Tampa Bay and how great they play, but you do have to be consistent. I mean, we can't. I don't want to put everything into that game and say, oh yeah, they're they're back. Yeah, right. We we need to see that. We need to see that this yeah. week. We need to see it the following week, and that's gonna be that's gonna be the key. So it's probably too. I don't want, asking me that question after that Buccaneers game makes it hard because you <laughs> everybody just so oh yeah they're back they're back and, right you, know, right. you still got to be consistent. Yeah, yeah. So. I mean, yeah, you, you got to be consistent, and, and I mean, you got to kind of you know drown out you know the background noise. Right. right. Everybody, everybody saying your praises this week, and everybody saying that you for real this week, but. Last week they wasn't saying that, you know, they didn't have right. the same type of energy. So, right, uh, you got to have that same type of mind frame as if you're going mm-hmm. to every game like that Tampa Bay Buccaneers game. And if the Saints right. do ride, then like I said, they, they should make the Super Bowl. I, I don't yeah. see any teams in the NFC that that just pose such an, a, a huge threat to the New Orleans Saints that I feel like they can't beat them. I mean, the Rams yeah. are a really good football team, they kind of fly under the radar, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. Seattle Seahawks, I mean, they're good, but they they have a lot of defensive issues. I mean, the Arizona Cardinals, they're the number one offense in the league the last time I checked. But it's not to a point where I feel like the Saints can't beat them as well. I mean, just go down right. the list. So uh, if they just continue to just build on the momentum they had last week, I think they should be just fine. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you, man. I just think um, – yeah, I just think – being consistent is a key. It's easy for the. I think it's easy for the Saints to get up for the Buccaneers and Tom Brady, but right. we need to see if they can get up for, you know, um, yeah. San Francisco without Garoppolo yeah. and the Falcons. I mean, it's the Falcons, but you, you know, I mean, we know yeah. what happened last year. So we they need to take care of business. I mean, they need to show, yeah. you know, because any loss, if they lose a game in these next three weeks, because who is it? San Francisco, Atlanta. Uh, not- what else did they play? Uh, Denver. 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 Yeah. Denver. Yeah. I mean, if they lose one of those games, it sort of takes away from what they did Sunday night to me. You know, it takes away from the Buccaneers wins. I mean, you got to be consistent and, and stack those wins and to beat the team that you're supposed to beat. Absolutely. You got to eat them W's like Damon Winston. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for your time. Really do appreciate it. Uh, before you go, uh, like always, let everybody know how they can reach you. Yeah, on Twitter, I'm um, Rod Walker Nola, and my my work is on nola.com. Um, just go to nola.com and sports and saints, and you'll see some of my work. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it, man. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Like always, uh, Rod, Rod Walker. Uh, y'all check him out on nola.com. Uh, always have some great articles. Uh, and also, you know, you probably hear him in the background during those interviews for the uh, New Orleans Saints press conferences as well. Rod, thank you so much for your time, and uh, thanks for being a part of the State of Saints podcast. Anytime, man. Thank you.